All right, let's get this out of the way. I truly believe that the Red Sox are not done, that they are going to add, I think, some significant pieces. You still have to figure out what you're doing in the DH spot. You still have to get another starter. There's other things to be done. You probably are going to take away from your outfield inventory at some point to get that starter. I get it. Like, I get all of it. But one part of the equation that has surfaced recently, which I wanted to touch on, which sort of was one of these things that that grinds my gears a little bit, is the understanding that you do have to pay for certainty at some point. You just do. And I know that's not how baseball teams in large part are being built by a lot of people. It's what we can do, what might happen. I mean, look at some of the Red Sox moves so far. That's exactly what this is. Vaughn Grissom, sure. He might ha- it might happen for him. Tyler O'Neill, absolutely. Maybe it might ha- it might happen for him. You trade Alex Verdugo for and put Willie Abreu out there. There's a good chance that he gives you the same offensive production. I don't know. Trevor Story, maybe he stays healthy and he's the guy that you signed. Absolutely. You hope that Tristan Cassis continues his path, his upward emergence. There's no question about it. Masa Yoshida, one year in the major leagues. Maybe he's gotten used to all the travel and everything else, figured some things out and taken a step forward, uh, even defensively. I don't know. Jaron Duran, a lot of signs that he might be something that suggests that he's going to be an all-star. Yep, a lot of signs. No question about it. Rafael Devers is the guy that you say, all right, there you go. That's the guy that you have a pretty good idea what he is. But even then, it was maybe not the step forward a lot of people wanted in 2023. And then you get to the pitching across the board. There's a lot of pieces there. There's a lot of parts which could lead to a winning team. But what you need is the no doubt about it guy. And for instance, maybe if you go back uh, to last June and you suggest that Lucas Giolito was going to be a member of the Red Sox, you say, oh, there you go, top of the rotation, no doubt about a, about a guy. But what happened was you had the last couple months and you're – you got the short-term deal. You have him saying you got to figure things out. Them saying, the Red Sox saying, we think we can get him to figure things out. Motivated guy. As I said before, I like the signing, but it also falls into the bucket of you still don't know. It falls into the bucket of maybes. Too many maybes. Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock, Cutter Crawford, Nick Pavetta, all of them. John Schreiber, Josh Gronkowski, all potential solid pieces to the overall puzzle. But what made it work for the winning teams in the past, and really what the winning teams uh, for other organizations, is that you have the foundation, guys. You have the certainty. You have paid for the certainty. There's no better example of this than the Texas Rangers last year. You go back and you look at how they were piecing together on the fly. Well, they were able to do it why having the foundation of what they paid for, which was uh, Marcus Simeon, which was Corey Seager. You had to pay for the certainty. You pay for the certainty. That's what it was. Unless you're the Diamondbacks and you have the patience and your certainty comes in the form of uh, a Corbin Carroll who is just you know one of a kind, there's no doubt about it type of prospect. 
So the Red Sox right now don't have that guy. They don't. They don't have the Jackson Holiday. The closest they have, Tristan Casas, Brian Bayo. You hope that he becomes that. But what the ideal situation for with these guys, and this is what happened last year, and this was part of the problem, is why these guys are merging, why these guys are figuring things out. You have the guys, the David Ortiz's of the world, the Mookie Betts of the world, the Xander Bogarts of the world, all these guys. I'm sorry to bring up those names, but that's just how it is. The John Lester's, the Nathan Ovaldi's, all these guys, why they're figuring it out, you know what you have. You have the perceived certainty. There is no such thing as absolute certainty, but there is something as perceived certainty, certainly, 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 certainly. So there you go. I think that that's what you have to find, and I'll come back to my original statement. The Red Sox have time to still find these guys. Corbin Burns, maybe. Dylan Cease, okay, there you go. Like it, the You have these sort of guys out there which might lead to say, these are the anchors. These are the guys that we want to have around for a long, long time. But right now, they don't have them. All right, so why am I going on this rant? Because... I think that one of the narratives that has come out in the last week, couple weeks, is the piece of Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen is slated to make $16 million in 2024, the last year of his contract. One of the things that Kenley did when he negotiated the contract with the Red Sox, he really, really wanted a no-trade clause. He wanted to say, I want to be in Boston two years. I want to make a run the championship. I want to be part of the solution of getting this team where we think we can go. Obviously, didn't work out for him last year, not for him, but for the team. He didn't get also, he didn't get that no trade clause, leading everyone to suggest that this is the logical guy. If you want to clear payroll to make a bigger move, whatever that is, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell, whatever it is, to get that certainty we're talking about, then this is the path to do it. The $16 million off the books. Maybe you get something back for him. So if you do use Kenley Jansen and that money to go out and do that, maybe some of this rant that I'm about to go on, out the door. Maybe. But I just want you to understand that what Kenley Jansen represents, what they did with Kenley Jansen and Chris Mart, part of the solution. All right. Let me just, let me just, this, Hold on a second and just soak in these words that I'm about to give you. All right, here you go. The ammunition for justifying a trade of Kenley Jansen, listen, it isn't easy, it isn't difficult to find. For a Red Sox team looking to free up money, shedding that money that we talked about, which is, by the way, just under 10% of the entire team's payroll for the coming season, fits the bill. The surface level value of Jansen's effectiveness in 2023 can absolutely be questioned considering the Red Sox actually led all of the major leagues in save percentage while the world champion Rangers were dead last in save percentage. And there would seem to be some other viable options for stepping in. You have Hauk, you have Garrett Whitlock, you have Chris Martin, all guys that maybe could step into that closer role and do the job. It happens before, and it can happen again. You move on from one guy, and, and someone slides in, and he becomes a closer. But keep in mind, the ninth inning is a different animal, a different beast. We've had plenty of guys where they've been effective relievers leading into the ninth, and then the ninth thing coming along, and it hasn't been the same thing. You ever heard of Alfredo Aceves? 
I mean, I'm going back too far. There's other examples. I mean, Janichi Tazawa. I mean, there's all there's, in 2013 team. That was a team that. It doesn't sort of lends itself to what I'm talking about because that team went in. They said they went out and tried to get Joel Hanrahan. They got Andrew Bailey. You have two closers. Two guys have closed right there. They both get hurt. Then Tazawa is the next guy up. He doesn't even like pitching in the ninth inning. That lasts like two seconds. And then finally, you have the guy who pitches it in, in the fifth or sixth inning to begin the year, Koji Uehara. All of a sudden, he becomes your closer. So it can happen. It can't happen. So all of that is fair. But there is absolutely less to be learned in what happened with 2023 with Jansen serving as a primary instructor. In this baseball world of hesitancy to pay for and prioritize some perceived certainty, Jansen and Mart embodied why such an approach should absolutely be valued. Sure, the Red Sox path didn't lead them to where they wanted to go, but you can imagine what would have transpired if they didn't allocate that $23.5 million for that end-of-the-game one-two punch. The Red Sox went 38-13 and in games Jansen appeared and 41-14 and during Martin's outings. While the certainty of the duo of the pushed everyone in the bullpen down to make the final three innings, actually palatable, unlike the year before. The Red Sox actually were 10th overall in the majors when it came to Team ERA from the 7th inning on. In 2022, they were 23rd. You remember, the, that is a painful proposition. So if, when you have the certainty of those two guys, you push everybody down, it makes the whole world go round. Jansen represented the part of the roster they, they actually got right And that shouldn't be forgotten. It shouldn't be forgotten. This isn't about a luxury. This is what you got right in that roster. The temptation of using Jansen to further turn over the roster beyond 2024 is undeniably tempting in the same way it was for Verdugo, another soon-to-be free agent. The dynamic is nothing new, but in this case, with the Red Sox still clinging to the notion that a competitive season is a possibility, yes, That's what they're saying, and until further notice, let's see where the roster lands. It might actually be a possibility, despite this division being absolutely a wagon. Such a maneuver is dangerous to move on from Jansen than many are leading on. There is nothing worse for a team than to be chasing late-game certainty. There is nothing worse. Just ask those teams that had to recalibrate on the fly in order to make their respective postseason runs. The Diamondbacks, remember, they tried to trade for Paul Sewold. You have to give up a ton, right? For the Rangers, it was a role this Chapman stumbling while also stumbling upon their most important October relievers in Jose DeClerc and Josh Zabors, a duo which, by the way, only combined for five regular season saves. So there is that desperation for those two teams. They knew when you get to the middle of the year, if they wanted to make a run for it, they wouldn't have to do something. And then other guys pop up, like we said. The two guys who ended up popping up for him. Chapman wasn't their closer, but the fact is that they had to felt that in order to make the run they wanted to, they had to go out and trade for Chapman. That was something. That shows you that you do not want to be left in that situation if you don't have to be. If you find yourself in that spot where the postseason isn't a reality come October, August 1st, then fine, move on from the last two months of Jansen's contract commitment. Take advantage of the type of desperation teams had, just like the Royals did when they netted an ace in waiting in Cole Reagans for Chapman. Perhaps the Reds of the Hall Red Sox will be getting 
would be too tantalizing along with whatever financial flexibility that accompanies such a move. Still, the maybes and hope for the best are starting to pile up when it comes to this Red Sox roster. As we sit here, that's the reality. With the latest example, the guy that they introduced on Wednesday, Lucas Giolito, as we mentioned before. This team has to start locking in on a few more no doubt no doubt about it type players, particularly in key spots like we're talking about at the end of the game. It's why the idea of trading Jansen should be met with more caution that has been bubbling up the last few weeks. All of this leads us to this simple thing. Just be careful. Be careful what you wish for. This whole idea like, oh, well, it's a luxury item. Kenley Jansen is not a luxury item. Let's get that out of the way. He is not a luxury item. If he's traded in order to maneuver the roster in a way that you get some certainty, fine. But you have to start finding that certainty. I'll come back to it. This is where Bloom should get a ton of credit. Last year, the year before, it was a disaster in the bullpen. They tried to do what a lot of teams do, and which is... We're going to string this together. We think this guy can do this. We think that guy can do that. And then it's a disaster. And then he goes out and pays for the certainty, allocates resources for the certainty, Martin Jansen. And is Jansen going to be as good as he was in 2023, 2024? Let's call it my favorite term now, an educated hunch. As I tweeted, there should be more educated hunches in baseball. I feel like a motivated Kenley Jansen an injury-free Kendry, Kenley Jansen off of what we saw last year, there you go. I think he's worth taking a chance on. And if you want to go into this coming year and you want to move or maneuver the roster, if you don't have Kenley, then you better have something that you feel really, really good about. So maybe the move is to trade him, to maneuver, to get some sort of certainty other places and including, I don't know, make a run at Josh Hayden. I don't know. But just think for two seconds before you do it. That's all I ask. All right. Play Tessie rant. There you go. I love ranting. Play Tessie lets me do it. All right. Well, we'll keep doing this every single week. Uh, it's therapeutic for me. I hope it's therapeutic from you. Go to the Play Tessie at Play Tessie on the socials. The guys are doing an outstanding job. And uh, I hope that they react to this. I'll be happy to jump on as well. But every Thursday, that's the plan. Every Thursday, I do something where I'm ranting, interviewing, something along those lines, just being part of the juggernaut that is played, Tessie. All right, there you go, my, my rant for the week.